It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm. It's episode 65. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Gold Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. We're coming to you for episode 65 from Tampa, Florida. It's the 2023 Frozen Four. The top-ranked Golden Gophers taking on the fifth-ranked Boston Terriers in Thursday's national semifinal game here. A win on Thursday would put Minnesota into Saturday night's national championship game here at Amelie Arena, where we're recording from. It's our pleasure to welcome to our podcast today. First, we'll have the voice of Golden Gopher Hockey, Wally Shaver, who is working yet another Frozen Four. We'll get Wally's thoughts on this year's Golden Gopher team, this year's Frozen Four, and also a lot of great info on the Hobie Baker Award, which Wally helps publicize. We'll also chat with the talented Jess Myers, who makes a return visit to the podcast. He's here in Florida working his 30th Frozen Four. Jess Myers is with the rink live and has all the insider details on this year's Frozen Four. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone. And True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. You can get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. We're also glad to have Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union with us here on the Go Gopher podcast. Affinity Plus is proud to support Gopher Athletics and is a main sponsor of this postseason Gopher hockey run on the radio with Wally Frank and Pat as well. Affinity Plus is your local credit union throughout the state of Minnesota. Find out more at affinityplus.org slash go gophers. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Oakland at Champlin Insurance We're podcasting episode 65 from the Aquarius Home Services studio. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast. You can go back and listen to past podcasts, including last week, for example, where we spoke with the most outstanding hockey player of the Fargo Regional, Bryce Brodzinski of Blaine. He took us behind the curtain on a lot of topics with Gopher Hockey. You'll love the episode, so go back and listen and find it if you haven't done so. This week, it's episode 65 of the Go Gopher podcast. We're in Tampa, and we're talking Golden Gopher Hockey. First, the legendary voice of Gopher Hockey, Wally Shaver. Here's my conversation with him. With the legendary Wally Shaver, voice of Golden Gopher Hockey on the radio, and uh, here we are in Tampa. We're at Amelie Arena. In fact, uh, the Michigan Wolverines are about set to come out onto the ice, and thanks for joining us here on episode 65, Wally. It's always good to be playing on the last weekend of the hockey season. Yeah, and you've been to a few of these. How many Frozen Fours now is this for you to broadcast? Ooh, I go back to that famous Harvard Gopher series back in 89, I think a couple years later it was uh, on ESPN and I joined Tom Mees doing uh, color analysis in that one. And then uh, well, like four or five of them now with the Golden Gophers, too, yeah. doing the radio broadcasts. Were you were you two, oh, 02 and oh, 03, the championship yes, teams? Yes, that was yeah. my first two years, and I thought, geez, I must be every a good year. luck job. Yeah, every year you'll have this. <laughs> Here we are 20 years later now, and this team has a good chance, don't they, to win it all? I think so. I, I look at this field, and you know, unlike the basketball tournament where you had a number four, two number fives, and a nine seed, here we've got two number ones, or three number ones, and a number two. So... 
You know, I want the Gophers to win, but I think he can just throw a blanket over this field. It's that even. Yeah, and, and it really was that way even when the tournament started, right? Any of the 16 at some point, or at least 13 of the 16, yeah. you wouldn't be necessarily a stunner because that's the way hockey is. But you mentioned the two-seed Boston is who the Gophers have, and that's probably the best of the two-seed. So this might be amongst uh, all the Frozen Fours, one of the strongest fields we've ever seen in terms of the four. There is no Cinderella here. These are all national powers, uh, if not Blue Bloods, at least recent powers. No question about that. Uh, it, it is that that even of a playing field. The Gophers are certainly, and Michigan, are the two youngest teams. Uh, they're the two youngest teams in college hockey this year. Uh, BU is a little bit more experienced. They've got a bunch of seniors on that team where we don't, and that might be a slight advantage for them. But I just really enjoy the skill set that our freshmen, and we've been putting nine of them in the lineup every single night, and they've uh, met the challenge. What did you think way back in October? And, and, of course, hockey, I mean, I'm doing football games while you're doing hockey. My basketball season's all wrapped up, and here you're still calling hockey it's a long year for you and Frank and Pat and the whole group but uh, back in October you knew you had these freshmen you knew they were highly touted and very talented did you think that they would turn out as good as they did even with all the hype not really to be perfectly honest about it I mean we lost 11 guys off of last year's team some turned pro some graduated a bunch entered the transfer portal so you never know and then you're bringing in 11 freshmen and I've always said that God, you just can't depend on freshmen. I mean, yeah. there's very few guys that can just dominate in that first year, like uh, Jack Eichel did, or back in the early days of the of the, of the Gophers in 03 when Thomas Vanek just stole the show. But we've had a bunch of guys, and, and we've got a sophomore and a freshman that are three finalists for the Hobie Baker Award, so it's a testament to the skill set and the experience that these freshmen bring in. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm going to ask you about the Hobie Baker because you have more than just radio duties this week here in Tampa, which we'll get to in a minute, but I want to continue to talk about this Gopher team for the moment. What were some over the course of the season, and again it's this long year, what were some highlights for you in terms of what this team was able to accomplish? Maybe some of the moments, some of the goals, some of the wins. What stands out to you as you recall? I, I think I look back at the consistency that this team had playing in the Big Ten conference schedule. I knew going in that the conference was going to be really, really tough. And it proved out to be that way because we had four schools in the top ten in the pairwise almost all year long. And to see how dominant the Gophers were against each of their opponents, I mean, we won three games against each of the other six schools out of the four you play. That is hard to do. And, and to do that and, and win the league by 19 points with the best record ever in the history of the Big Ten Conference, now 10 years old, I mean, that's quite an achievement. And I was really, really proud of the team for that. As far as individual moments, um, not a whole lot of them really stand out. It's just a consistency. But I, I would say the one big thing has been uh, sometimes overlooked is Justin Close in goal. Yeah. And he has just been a backbone. He's not a flashy goaltender. He's not a big mammoth goaltender like we've seen in some other teams. But he just gets the job done. He's square to the puck. Good control in his rebounds. And then just that forward trio, that, that top line with Logan Cooley centering Jimmy Snuggerud and Matthew Nyes. I mean, I, asked, I remember one of the key moments was I asked Bob Motzko a few weeks ago in our coaches show. I said, I mean, Bob, coach speak aside. I mean, this has got to be the best line in college hockey, wouldn't you say? And he had a long pregnant pause and said, you know, I've been in this game for 37 years. I think this is the best line I've ever seen. 
Yeah. And it'd be hard to argue with yeah. what they've done. And coaches usually don't like to make those kind of proclamations, so you know it's legit, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, the thing that has struck me, and obviously you're much more of a hockey expert than I, but when you have a, when you have a bunch of players that are highly skilled, Sometimes those skill guys will kind of set into cruise control a little bit. And you see it even in the NHL at times, right? At the second yeah. night of a back-to-back, we're just going to, I'm not say go through the motions. But, man, I didn't see that much out of this group. They worked hard every shift, it seemed. I mean, Nyes and Cooley, I mean, they win puck battles. And Snuggerud's waiting to snipe. And, and then you get, I mean, you got guys on the second and third line that'd be first-liners on a lot of teams. Yeah. just didn't seem like there was a lot of cruise control with this group. They, they were willing to do the work. And, obviously, they're going to have to keep it up this week. Yeah, and I, you pretty well have to when you've got that many freshmen. And again, 11 came in, nine have played every night. Uh, they had to buy into the team theory. And as young as this team is, I think the, the leadership group of Captain Brock Faber, Jr., uh, three seniors as assistant captains, and Ryan Johnson on defense, Jackson Lacombe on defense, and Jackson Nelson up front, I think that brought a lot of stability. And they just kind of pushed the guys in practice. and. The team bonding and unity of this squad is is really imperative and a key to their success because they just believe in each other, they trust each other, and I think that's one of the most overlooked things in all of sports is just the trust factor that each player has with each other. And that's been pretty evident with this group. Yeah, you know, it's funny because you see that, uh, you know, as I cover football, P.J. Fleck has talked about this too, that there's a time where the team either gets it or doesn't in regard to uh, not trying to do the other guy's job. Like, tr you, you trust yourself. You think you're good. Yeah. But to get the teammate to think, I'm not sure he can do it, so I'm going to go try to make that tackle or I'm going to go try to do that pass coverage. But once everybody trusts everyone to do their job, and I think you see that with this team. Yeah, and it, it, early on you could see that. Uh, I think it was good to start with a – not a formidable opponent, but a, a school like Lindenwood, which was in their first yeah. year. But it's a school that has a lot of seniors on it, too. They've gone out and recruited that. Arizona State, the same thing over Thanksgiving. But I think that was a good test early on to get a few of those non-conference games in there that were very good opponents and provided a good test just to see where this team was. Yeah, and Mankato early, too, right? And Mankato, yeah. 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 St. Cloud sure. State, too. St. Cloud in there with that uh, the home-and-home home that week. with uh, that, that was a fun game. I was actually in the stands for that one. It was at a Sunday, I want to say now, that Sunday overtime where Cooley, basically, I think your description was he snuffed him out, and then, uh, <laughs> uh, then uh, who was it? Uh, Faber gets the steal back to Cooley, and I don't know, what was it? A few seconds left to win that game. That yeah. was a pretty exciting yeah, game. That, that was an exciting one. And I also like the, the goal that Matthew Nyes set up. It was actually all three on that line. Snuggeroo dug it out of the corner, fed Nyes, who was breaking along the goal line right to yeah. the net. Next thing you know, he leaves a drop pass between his legs to Cooley, who just roofed it. And that was one of the more spectacular goals all year. Um, I want to ask you, too, just in general, because you were here as the voice of Gopher Hockey through this heyday when, when the North Stars left and then the Gophers were the, the king of the show for a while. 0203 championships, needed a lottery to get student season tickets, all <laughs> that stuff. And, you know, then the, the wild come and there's different things that happen. And, you know, we, can, we don't have to go down. We have a whole hour of a podcast on the Big Ten and uh, increased ticket prices. But there was a little bit of a, of a swell there, a little bit of a dip there where Mariucci was wasn't Mariucci Arena talking wasn't what we had seen. Yeah. That has not been the case now the last two years. What's that been like for you as a broadcaster just from an energy level to, to have that place rocking again? Well, it's absolutely fabulous. And, and you hear the guys talking about it coming out and just seeing 10,000 people in the building. 
one of the things we heard early on was a playoff game that the Gophers had a few years back against Michigan. There wasn't even 2,000 people in the building. Yeah. Now we got into our playoffs on home ice, and the place was packed. It was loud. It was boisterous. They were cheering. The students are back. They're filling up three and four sections a yeah. night in there. And you don't see a lot of empty seats. You know, back a few years ago, people would buy season tickets and they just wouldn't show up. Yeah. But as Coach Motzko has said, you know, we're giving them a reason to come on out. And this is an exciting, dynamic brand of hockey that these guys are playing. What's it like, too, then, when that place is full? I was kind of, I guess I was sitting next to you there for that first period of that playoff Michigan game, the Big Ten championship game, and the energy level. And I could tell uh, you and and uh, Frank and, and Pat were, were, I guess Pat wasn't there that night, if memory serves. I think he was in studio. But either way, you guys were ready to, you, you guys were feeling the juice, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, you do. I, as a broadcaster, and you probably know that from some of the, sizable crowds you see especially in football but yeah. it just it, it ramps you up i mean you you can't help but get involved in the game as well when you've got that loud of a crowd and that big of a crowd on hand to watch the team and and know that they're there to watch this team yeah no doubt and then the feedback you get it's amazing how much people really like you as a radio announcer when you're winning right <laughs> it's crazy yeah, yeah and they hate you when you lose and they it. hate you and yeah they get a new guy in there or whatever you know but uh it is it is fun and it's been fun listening and, and following um and now that you've kind of probably done a little bit more dive into boston university now another one of the blue bloods this is a great matchup for thursday uh what can you tell us in, in your research with the terriers that the gophers will uh will have to keep an eye on well they're I think quite similar to the Gophers uh, I don't know if their defense is quite as strong as ours one through six or seven because the Gophers play 7d every night but they do have a couple of real good high-end guys back there a guy by the name of Fensmore on defense and then this outstanding uh, uh, freshman Lane Hudson who was a Hobie Baker top 10 finalist as a freshman uh, he's just dynamic he, he led the entire nation in scoring by defensemen, and overall, he's seventh in the country in scoring. Wow. So he's a real deal, and I think they've got some pretty good balance in their lineup up front. I know they've had a couple of injuries here over the, the last month or so with playoffs and all, so they're hopeful that they can get those guys back in, and if they can, it'll certainly be a, a highly competitive game. Well, maybe you can hear the uh, pucks bouncing and the sticks and the skates uh, down below as Michigan is now fully into their practice here as we're at the arena in Tampa Bay. Uh, we're recording the podcast here as we talk on Wednesday. Thursday, of course, is semifinal Frozen Four time. The great Wally Shaver is with us. Our thanks to him. And you have more duties than just Gopher Radio. You've gone to a bunch of Frozen Fours over the years, even when the Gophers aren't in it, because you have uh, you, you have been part of the Hopi Baker uh, committee and organization. Tell us what else you have going on on your plate this weekend. Well, I'm, I'm trying to scale back a little bit on the Hobie, but I've been involved with it for 23 years, and uh, after my first year, we, we had to do something different to create more interest in it, so I came up with the Friday night concept and coming up with a hat trick of three finalists and then making a TV production out of it as well. So uh, for many years, I was doing both the PR and the, the event coordination of the, the, the announcement itself. So kind of shedding a little bit of the PR responsibilities, yeah. but still handling the, uh, the production of the, the announcement itself. So it's fun. It's a little busier than you, you sometimes want to be because you just want to focus on your team. But I'm prepared for the broadcast side of things uh, with the Gophers and, and uh, hopeful that uh, one of our 
two Gophers as a Hobie hat trick finalist will win the award. I don't know who's won it yet because I wanted to maintain yeah, some neutrality. People, obviously, the counters, whoever, <laughs> the accountants, the auditors know, but you don't know at this point Not as yet, we talk. No, yeah. no, and I don't really need to know. I've got to create videos and some elements for the yeah. TV production, but other than that, uh, you know, they'll let me know last minute when I want to know, and I'll let the folks at the network know, and, and we're good to go. So, so it's Matthew <laughs> Nyes, sophomore for the Gophers, freshman for the Gophers, Logan Cooley, and from Michigan, Fantilli, and I, I only call him Fantilli, I forget his first name. Adam Fantilli, Adam, yeah. uh, another freshman. Yeah. They're, the, they're the hat trick, and uh, this was one of those unique years, or, you know, amongst that group of ten, there was probably five or six guys that if they'd have made the final three, right, you wouldn't have been yeah. totally shocked. It was a, it was was It's a good year for hockey. I, I really thought there would have been one of the three goalies that were finalists that might have been in there, and, and also this Lane Hudson, just because of what he's accomplished as a freshman defenseman in college hockey. It's substantial, but you know, like some of the coaches we've talked to over the weekend here so far, uh, they're saying, geez, all, all 10 of these guys yeah. are really good hockey players, and they're all going to go on and have NHL careers. You watch. Um, from that standpoint, the, the voting is all done. Like this, this yep. tournament, this Frozen Four, and it, was it done at the end of the regular season, or did the regionals play a role in the vote? The regionals do. It's right after the regionals ends when we have our conference call with the 30-member selection committee. And out of that, they determine who who the top three vote getters are and then obviously who the winner is so it's all done at that point so we've been we've known for about 10 days now yeah gotcha and then amongst that group who how do you select who votes you said 30 guys or yeah. I say guys it could be females I don't know but 30 people vote it's a combination of media people from across the country so we get a good geographic influence we have one coach from each conference one supervisor of officials from each conference and there's six conferences for those who are unaware of that. And then also we have uh, about five or six uh, NHL scouts who focus on the college game that are all part of that selection committee. And, and that's the group of 30 who determine the winner. Yeah, in essence, it's the Heisman Trophy, right, of, of yes. college hockey. Yep. Um, what are the criteria? Is it, I know when I'm a Heisman voter through my duties with college football and the Gophers, and it, it really is just vote for the most outstanding college football player in the country. What, what are some of the criteria? Is it similar to that, or are there some other things there, with the Hobie? There's some other components to it, but uh, and, and sometimes we get asked by committee members, how is the weighting determined? And we say, we leave it up to you how you want to weight it. But obviously you're looking for a skill set in all facets of the game. We look for character off the ice. We look for scholastic achievement, community service types of things. So all that bears in there. But again, the weighting is determined by each of the voting members. Yeah, so somebody says, hey, he's you know, the greatest player. We're going to vote for him. Others say, well, his stats might not be as good, but what does he do for his team yeah. might elevate him in another person's mind, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's, I, I think as we look back on it, we've, we've always felt we got the right guy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's that's all you can do, right? And uh, it's it's a uh, it's a, it, and it's it's grown, right? I mean, it's 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 a it's a big deal. It is now, and 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 I, I think part of that has just been the interest the NHL teams have taken in the college athlete. And years ago, there wasn't that many college players playing in the NHL. But right now, a third of the NHL is guys that have come out of Division One college hockey here in the U.S. So it's made the impact, and we see just some absolutely outstanding players that are doing it in the NHL that came out of college hockey and, and won the Hobie, like a Jimmy Vesey, uh, like a Jack Eichel, Johnny Goudreau. I mean, those are guys that have won the Hobie. We've had a bunch of top ten finalists who sometimes get overlooked in the the national broadcast of NHL games, but 
they've been just as solid a contributor to their teams. And uh, it's just, I, I just really enjoy watching the NHL now yeah. just to see all these college kids thriving. No doubt. And last year, Ben Myers was a finalist. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, the, the goalie from Mankato won it, right? The, uh, Dryden, Dryden McKay, McKay yeah. won it. Um, when, and I'll put you on the spot here because there's two golfers in this hat trick of three finalists. When's the last golfer that's won it? That uh, would have been uh, Jordan Leopold back in uh, the 03 season. Gotcha. And he gotcha. had a fabulous He was a defenseman, but he got 20 goals as a defenseman. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to get to 20 goals in college hockey when you only play, what, 36, 38, maybe 40 games. Yeah. So it could be this 20-year anniversary. It could be, a, you know, let's hope, right, national championship, maybe a Hobie Baker winner. It would be a heck of a week. I'd like a doubleheader like that. Yeah. Mike. Well, let's hope uh, Friday you're preparing for a Saturday broadcast, but also that's the night of of the the award right uh, yeah. tell us about when people can where they can watch how they can follow it and uh, what time and all that it'll be NHL Network that will carry it it'll be six o'clock Eastern five o'clock Central Time it'll be available across the NHL Network uh, we'll also include in their summaries because we do a pre ceremony as well where we honor the uh, hockey humanitarian winner which is a college hockey top citizen the Mike Richter award winner for the top goalie in the country and then the All-American teams, a National Rookie of the Year, a National Unsung Hero are all announced as well. So we'll have uh, snippets of all of that in the Hobie Baker show as well. Well, that's going to be fun. Let's yeah. uh, let's see if the if a golfer can get it. Let's see if the golfer can win a national championship. And let's see if uh, uh, the trio in the radio booth, you and uh, Frank and, uh, and Pat, can have some fun too. We will. Always do. All right. Hey, always great to chat with you. Uh, Any time we get is, uh, is fun time, and let's have a great rest of the week. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks a lot, Mike. All right. We're at the Frozen Four. We're in Tampa. Stay with us. Wally Shaver has been guest one, and this is episode number 65 of the Go Gopher podcast. I hope you enjoyed hearing from the great Wally Shaver. My thanks to him for spending time with us as he gets prepped for what we hope are two upcoming Frozen Four broadcasts. The Gophers' first game is Thursday against Boston U with hopes that it's championship game appearance comes on Saturday. And we'll be joined by the Rink Live's Jess Myers. He breaks down these four teams when we come back. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utek, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. Hi, Gopher fans. Switching is easy. We do it all the time. We switch on lights. We switch TV channels. We switch on the TV. And with the new transfer portal, some college students even switch colleges, which can seem crazy to us diehard fans. But what's not crazy is how you can switch and save with State Farm. In fact, my agency can switch you over so we can start saving today. My team is ready to welcome you to the State Farm neighborhood and show you it is, in fact, easy to switch and save. When you want the real deal, check us out at champlininsurance.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's episode 65, we're at the Frozen Four, and when I say we're at the Frozen Four, literally, Jess Myers from the Rink Live joins me now. We're in the uh, 
press box and we're watching Boston University Minnesota's Thursday opponent practice here at Amelie Arena. Jess, uh, welcome back to the podcast. Glad to have you here. Oh, great to be here. Great to be in Tampa. I mean, this this town does a really nice job hosting the Frozen Four, and uh, just just delighted to be here. And hey, this is this is the reward after a, yeah. a long season. You know, driving to a lot of games in the snow, we get to be here and wear short sleeves and you know enjoy ourselves. Yeah, a I had a meal outside last <laughs> night with Wally and Frank and Pat Micheletti. We were out on a patio. It was unbelievable. Believable. And back home, I was texting some pictures to the uh, family, and they weren't thrilled with those pictures. Well, and you know, I mean, having been here for like the Outback Bowl and things yep. like that, Sports Tampa Bay does a fantastic really job hosting job. big events. Yeah. They've hosted Super Bowls. They've, you know, done a lot of good stuff. So 11 years ago, when we first came here for the Frozen Four, a lot of people were like, why, why Tampa? And the answer is, why not? They, they, <laughs> they do it right. They do it well. It's a good hockey town, having won three Stanley Cups. People here know the game. They love the game. Uh, so this this is a great spot. This is your 30th Frozen Four. You know what that means? I looked it up. It means I'm old. We're both old, right? <laughs> this is my, I'm going to think, my third, I think. Um, I went to the one in St. Louis in 06, I want to say. 07. 07. Hey, maybe that's a good omen. That's the last time a Big Ten team has yeah. won this was thing. That, so. Was that Michigan State? Michigan State yeah. won that one, yeah. Beat um, uh, Boston College in the la- like literally last minute of the game. Uh, classic. Wow. No no, no question. Classic. Let's hope that it is the Minnesota Big Ten, not the Michigan Big Ten. But uh, that is matchup we don't know yet because there are four really good teams. Look, in this field of 16, anybody can win it. We've seen that over the years. But uh, I, I don't think there's much question that these are four of the top five or six teams in the country, right? Speaking pairwise. You know, using that metric, and that's the the computer program that right. determines the field of 16 for the NCAA tournament. Just by pairwise standards, this is the best four teams we've ever had in a Frozen Four. We've got number one, number two, number three, and number five in the pairwise are all here. So uh, if you were looking for a, a George Mason or a Bemidji State this year, sorry, didn't happen. This, this These are the Blue Bloods. Uh, the, these are the teams that people expected would be here, and and I, I think we're just going to see two great or three great hockey games. We're watching the Terriers right now. Maybe you can hear some of the sticks uh, clanking in the background and the skates uh, on the ice as they're going through some drills were high atop. We're actually you and I are sitting where Wally, Frank, and Pat will sit for Gopher Radio on Thursday. We're taping on Wednesday. What do you think of this Boston team? You've had a chance now to maybe uh, dive in and learn a little bit about this Terrier group. Lane Hudson, their freshman defenseman, who you know a lot of people are outraged that he wasn't one of the three Hobie finalists. Yeah, he's truly one of the great young players in college hockey. One of those, you know, I, I think back to like a Jordan Leopold who could just do everything on the blue line and control the game from back there. Uh, he's really fun to watch. Uh, Jay Pandolfo, first year, you know, took, taking uh, a, a different guys' recruits, a lot of them, and, and bringing them here and kind of turning this program around pretty quickly. And you're seeing that more and more the, these quick turnarounds. Uh, there, there's a team over just to the east of us <laughs> in Wisconsin that is kind of hoping for the same thing, having hired a new coach this week. But uh, the other thing about this matchup, when you think about the Gophers and BU and the Frozen Four, I mean, you go back to the 70s. There have been just some fantastic games. I wrote about one last year. Uh, they played in the semifinals in Boston Garden in 1974 on the way to the Gophers' first title. 4-4 uh, game, minute left. The Gophers take a penalty. You're thinking, oh boy, you're in trouble now. And uh, uh, wasn't it Mike Polich gets a shorthanded goal with like uh. ten seconds left, and it was like a, they said 
it was like a balloon was popped. Like all the air went out of that building. All these Boston fans thinking we're going to the title game, and and that was uh, her Brooks' first championship season. So maybe we'll see some history repeating itself. Some yeah, some, some fun kind of memories between these two teams. Yeah, each of these teams has won five national championships. I noticed in the game notes it said that uh, the overall series, in including regular season games and different things, it's exactly 500. I want to say it was what 12, 12, and two or something. So um, you're looking at uh, you're right a couple of blue bloods here in Boston kind of getting back into where I'm sure Terrier fans think they should be and that is the Frozen Four. This Minnesota team, you followed it all year, you've traveled with the group, you've uh, uh, covered it on the rink live and um, it, it, look, it, it's it's not a surprise they're here. They're the best talent team in the country. They've been number one most of the year. That said, with hockey, you just never know. They didn't do a lot of favors in terms of the, the, the uh, regional. That was maybe the toughest of all the regionals for the one seed. Um, but here they are. Uh, again, not a huge surprise, but in hockey, you never can take it for granted. Absolutely. And, you know, especially when you get to this time of year when it's a one-game playoff, you know, if, if, a, if a goalie misses the one that he shouldn't miss or right. if, you know, if a defenseman falls down while he's skating backwards. I mean, just weird stuff happens at this time of year. With that said, you know, the the old, the old joke is the the coach that gets off the bus with the most talent is usually the best coach. Yes. Uh, this is the best team here. And and Bob Motzko has been very open about it, saying this is the best collection of talent he's ever had. And, and in fact, he said, you might not see a collection of talent like this again. Uh, it starts on defense with the, you know, the three defensemen that I yeah. think Faber, Lacombe, Johnson, all of them could be playing in the NHL right now. You add a Luke Middlestead to that, who's had a fantastic freshman year. They're backed up by really good goaltending. And I joke about this but uh, I, I said to Bob Motzko, he said, why, why doesn't Justin Close get the national accolades of some of these other guys? I said, in a good way, and I mean this is a compliment, Justin Close is boring. Yeah, He right. doesn't do anything flashy <laughs> because he doesn't need to. He's so positionally sound, most of the pucks you shoot at him are going to hit right in the middle of that big M in his chest because he's where he needs to be. Um, and, and that's what's kind of fun about him is there's nothing interesting. He's not Marc-Andre <laughs> Fleury flopping the around flower, and yeah. flipping and you know making glove saves and all that. He's where he needs to be. You know, So he doesn't get the recognition because you don't see the highlight film stuff. He's just right where he's supposed to be in the puck Hits him, and and we face off, and we play some more, and then you talk about the offense, Oof. and you know I go back to this quote earlier this season, Arizona State beats this Gopher team in overtime, and Greg Powers, the Arizona State coach, said after the game, you know, huge moment for his program. He said to shut down a, a team like that, and he said, and a, a top line like that, and I said, where do they rank? He said, that's the t- best top line I've seen. I said this season, you know what? He said, no, that is the best top line I've seen. Period. That's it. In yeah. in hockey. So, uh, you know, watch them now because who knows what uh, Sunday will bring with, with uh, guys that obviously have some pro prospects. But this really has been a fun gopher team this year. No no question. You mentioned that top line. Interesting enough, it didn't do a lot in the regional in Fargo, right? It was it was the Brodzinski line, the, uh, the, the Hugen line. I mean, I know Cooley had, you know, several assists, and he did uh, get the breakaway goal in, in, in the uh, win over St. Cloud State. But um, that that's the thing. You look at Huglin, for example, like like he's the third line center, but not really, right? No, I mean, Mike, I'm I'm from Warroad originally, so yeah. this is this is painful. This is I've got to say nice things about, about a guy, guy? guy from Roseau, but no, uh, Huglin has been fantastic to cover the two years he's been here, and he really thrives at this time of year where everything's a little tighter. You've got a little less room to move. You've got a little less room to maneuver. There was a play he made last season in the regional against UMass in right. overtime where he shed three guys who tried to get the puck away from him along the end boards, protecting the puck, turning his body, all of that. This is a great story. I asked him about that. 
I said, where, where do you learn that? He said, that comes from the rink in Rozo. This is something that only the Rozo kids do. It's a game called Scrub. Okay. Is that right? He, and he said, the coach hates it because here's the rules of Scrub. You against everybody else. You have no teammates. You get the puck, and your job is to keep it as long as you can without losing the puck. And if you lose it, then somebody else gets the puck, and everybody tries to get it from them. He grew up playing this game. Now, again, I talked to Greg Wand, Rozo's high school coach. He said, oh, we hate this game because nobody passes the puck. But, you know, weird thing like that, a little rink in northern Pays Minnesota, and, and he translates into the NCAA yeah. tournament. So that's why I, I really say that Aaron Huglin is built for this time of year. Yeah, no doubt. And then, obviously, Brodzinski uh, brought, you know, the, uh, the, the hat trick on, on – the, you know the game uh, against Canisius, and then the first goal against St. Cloud. And um, Mots goes often talked about once he gets going, watch out. And I, I hope uh, that they, I mean I think their hope is that uh, that hot streak continues here uh, Thursday, and then hopefully eventually Saturday if you're a Gopher fan. And Bryce, of course, the youngest of the four Brodzinski yes. brothers. Two of them played at St. Cloud State. Two of them now with the Gophers. I talked to his dad uh, before the game uh, against St. Cloud State in Fargo. Interesting dynamic because his dad admits he's more of a Huskies fan than sure. he is a Gopher. Fan, so he's got his Gopher sweatshirt on. His dad, Big Mike, they call him because yeah. his brother Michael is is Mike. Um, he's got his Gopher sweatshirt on, and he's got his Huskies hanky tucked down in his back pocket. He kept it out of sight, but yeah. but uh, he did say, you know, four boys that came through college hockey, and he said, I always expected, uh, you know, either Johnny or Easton would win a title with Saint Cloud State. It's not going to happen, obviously. So he said, I put my hand on Bryce's shoulder and said, Your turn now. Yeah. You got to do it. So hey, no pressure, but no, no pressure. But he really does uh, seem to be a guy that that can can flip a switch and turn it on and start scoring goals you know Mr. Hockey award winner and yeah. we've seen some kind of streaky play but but when the streak is is on an upward turn He's going. Yeah, and he talked about, I know he talked about it with a lot of folks. He was on this podcast last week, and he talked about um, he did make a concerted effort in the regional just to shoot more. He said that Nelson, uh, Jackson Nelson was on him. He's like, hey, you got to shoot the puck more. One, we need to score, but two, I want some assist. And I mean, uh, paraphrasing a little bit what, what Brodzinski said. But, uh, you know, I, it's funny because that's what he does is he's a shooter. Uh, so I was surprised. He said, I just made a concerted effort to shoot more. And I'm like, okay. And it obviously paid off. That, that second line, Bryce Brodzinski, Mason Nevers, and, and Jackson Nelson, who you mentioned, you know, talk, talk about a strange line. You've got a, a suburban kid, you've got an Edina kid, and you've got a kid from Laverne, of yeah. all places. Or yeah. Magnolia, Magnolia, I guess it is. Even, yeah. Right. yeah, you know, a farm kid. Uh, but they said what's great about the, the dynamic with those three is, I don't know if the term is frenemies, you know, yeah, where right. they all get along well, but they all... Are, they said are brutally honest with each other to the point of like kind of ripping each other like they'll come back to the bench <laughs> after a shift and and Brodzinski said you know Nelly will turn to me and say did you mean to miss that shot did, did <laughs> or, or did you mean to put that pass right in my skin you know like stuff Love like it. that kind of that 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 fun chiding but but kind of a serious edge to it too yeah for sure uh, we continue to watch Boston skate down here uh, the other semifinal on Thursday is Michigan and Quinnipiac and, and you know basically it was for the last half of the season Minnesota or Quinnipiac one or two or uh, vice versa most of that time I think was Minnesota but uh, Quinnipiac's been good Michigan right now might be playing as well as anybody they beat Minnesota in that Big Ten championship game at uh, 3M Arena at Mariucci a few weeks ago and they've kind of been open about the idea that if we play our game, I've seen a couple of quotes from their players, if we play our game, no one can beat us. So almost a little bulletin board material there for both uh, Quinnipiac and Minnesota or Boston or what have you. What do you think of that other semi on Thursday? You're a uh, college football, college basketball guy. I'll put this in terms that uh, that people can kind of relate to in, in that realm. 
picture Big Ten football or Big Ten basketball where it's all about defense. Yeah. Uh, Michigan is the opposite of that. They are like an advanced pond hockey team. They, yeah. you know, people say they don't play with a lot of defensive structure. They just let all of that talent go out there and throw the puck around and see what it does. Now they've got good goaltending and they've got one of the most talented defensemen in all of college hockey in Luke Hughes. And they won a two to one overtime game to get here against Penn State. You know, a like Penn State took it to them for much. Absolutely. Of that game. Yeah. And and you know, Penn State. You talk about what a program has done in ten years, starting literally from nothing from to, zip, yeah. to to becoming you know a, a, a true every year powerhouse in college hockey. But the the Wolverines coach Brandon Narado, who by the way is no longer their interim coach, that was part of the news this week. They yep. removed the interim tag. They gave him a five year contract, and why not? I mean, were you got surprised him, at all, or was that not expected? at all? Yeah. I mean, you know, okay. get him to the Frozen Four in his first year. Um, you know, he he doesn't have a lot of coaching experience, but obviously he's growing into the job, and I know he's well liked by his teammates. But he joked after that Penn State game, he said, you know, we can play a little bit of defense. It, 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 now, on the flip side of that, Quinnipiac is all about defense, and Yanov Peretz, their goalie, is one of the best goalies in college hockey. So that's a really interesting dynamic when you have contrasting styles like that, and you wonder, you know, if Michigan scores right away, what does that do to the psyche of Quinnipiac? Flip side of that is if Michigan makes a couple big rushes to the net and Parrots just gloves the puck and sets it down and says let's face off again, yeah. all of a sudden it's like wait a minute that uh, that's not supposed to happen, you know. So it will be really fun to watch, especially like that first twenty minutes and and see uh, what these two teams how they will match up with one another. Yeah, for sure. Now uh, the Big Ten, uh, it, it, uh, there's a lot of pride in the Big Ten. There's good rivalries in the Big Ten. It seems everybody in hockey, especially the East Coast people, are hating on the Big Ten. Um, they have not won a title. They've had three teams in the Frozen Four once. They've had a couple of teams in the Frozen Four a handful of times. Last two years last year, right? Um, Is this the year that the Big Ten wins the trophy? I think Michigan and Minnesota are the top two teams. You know, we, we joked about it early on. That doesn't seem to matter sometimes, but I really, you know, when I was filling out my bracket, I picked Minnesota over Michigan for the championship game. I really think this is the year to break through. And especially when you look at the regional level, all those, you know, 8 nothing, 9-2, to 11-1 games. I mean, that was some really eye-opening stuff, I think, for the college hockey world, that you're really seeing the cream kind of rise to the top with the Big Ten and some of the, the top players in, in junior hockey coming to this league. So uh, it took a while. You know, it took 10 years. Yeah. And there were some years where I've said it that Big Ten hockey was just about unwatchable. I mean, it just didn't seem to be a lot of structure, didn't seem to be a lot of defense being played with a lot of teams. And and you still see some teams that struggle. Wisconsin this past year being a prime example and making a coaching change. That's what's kind of fun, but that's also kind of scary is somebody's got to finish seventh every year. Yeah, among, and uh, sixth or whatever. Among seven really good teams. Yeah. So um, I, I really think this has been a fun year for Big Ten hockey. I mentioned a little bit that, you know, there are some, uh, you know, non-Big Ten folks. Uh, and, look, Big Ten is the big, bad Big Ten. They've got uh, helmet schools. When I mean helmet schools, you're talking about Ohio State and Michigan <laughs> and Penn State. And then in terms of blue blood, you've got Wisconsin and Minnesota and Notre Dame. And yep. Notre Dame would obviously fall in that helmet school as well. Um, how is how do you think has it changed already college hockey's dynamic and how will it change in the future when you've got football money and TV money for football flowing into some of these programs where let's face it a Boston U is not going to sign a big um, you know TV deal with their football team now that doesn't mean Boston U isn't going to win it doesn't mean they can't win but do you think that'll change and has cha- has it changed hockey I think it'll change in terms of amenities that you can offer players when you're recruiting them there, there was a funny moment this year Bob Motzko talked about they've signed a contract to play St. Thomas 
us in the future. And Motsko said, you know, for almost all of our road trips, we're getting on a charter flight and we have to fly somewhere and, you know, all of that. He said, it would be nice to just kind of get on a bus and yeah. take a short trip to, to visit an opponent. I asked Rico Blasi, uh, St. Thomas's coach, same question. I said, how cool is it going to be to the Gophers? You know, Bob Motsko said, it'll be nice not to have to fly anywhere. There was a pause and Rico said, Tell, tell Bob I feel really sorry for him with all those <laughs> charter flights they have to yes. take because, let's face it, in a lot of leagues, you're right. getting on a bus. You know, you're, you're, you're uh, taking an overnight bus somewhere and you don't have maybe the budget, maybe the amenities that the Big Ten schools have. So it really has changed things. And then the other part of it that I'm hopeful for, when you see teams like Minnesota and Michigan on ESPN2 and, and getting the national exposure from their hockey programs, Hey, Illinois. Hey, Iowa. Hey, Nebraska. Yep, you know, right? time to step up. Yep. You know, there's there's money to be made here. There's exposure for your school, for your program. Uh, I really think we need to see two, three, four more Big yep. Ten programs step up and add hockey. Well, let's face it, too. Uh, there are ranks, arenas now in Iowa City and, well, Coralville, but same thing, yep. and in Lincoln. I mean... Yep. So that part of it is done. You don't Illinois even have to for a long time has talked about building about a building rink. You know, I, I know that project is on hold, but yeah. uh, it, it seems to me to be a slam dunk. You know, they they've got the artist renderings. They've got what the jer- the orange jerseys look like with the big blue eye in the yeah. middle. I mean, let's get this done. I think yeah. I think we need an eighth, a ninth, a tenth program in yeah. this league. And and Motsko's talked about that a lot. That the seven team league is hard on the schedule and hard for everything. Um, real quickly, um, I mean, I think anyone that's a college hockey fan knows what you do with the rink live. But for those that are listening to the podcast and don't know uh, just all kinds of great stuff uh, videos uh, uh, press conferences a lot of writing a lot of features tell us about the rink live the rink live.com is where you can find us we've been around about five years now uh, a great team of reporters from Duluth Grand Forks St. Cloud you know all over the region plus we're not just covering our part of the country you know I cover all of the Big Ten we cover all of the NCHC all you know everywhere in this in the uh, the country that they're playing hockey we have a reporter that's dedicated to junior hockey so we cover the USHL and the NAHL pretty pretty deeply. So I'm really fortunate to be part of a, a fun team with the Rink Live. Yeah, and I, uh, over the past few weeks, got to meet a few of those guys as well as we were up in Fargo and uh, and, and a little bit in Duluth as well for the Women's Frozen Four. Uh, so it, it's been fun to get to know those guys and, and follow the stuff. And it really is good, compelling hockey content. If you're a college hockey fan, uh, that's got to be on your favorites tab, right? Well, and hey, and I'm blessed to, to get to do this. You talk about, you know, the last month for you and me, Duluth, yeah. you know, Fargo, now, now Tampa. You know, it's yeah. just... Uh, one of these things is not like the other. Right. Yeah, here we are in Tampa. <laughs> Last uh, couple for you here real quick. You've brought up a couple of times the Mike Hastings going to Wisconsin. Um, how do you think that'll work? Obviously, uh, Hastings has had such great success basically wherever he's been, um, and the Badgers are a blue blood in the world of hockey. Six national championships, and heck, they were, what, the number one overall seed just two or three years ago, yep. right? Two won, years the, ago. won the Big Ten two years ago and won the Hobie Baker Award, so it shows you how quickly things can change. This is the thing, I guess, that impressed me most was listening to Mike Hastings and his kind of acceptance speech, I called it, uh, yeah. at the Kohl Center, is, you know, Tony Granato just got fired from this job. Uh, he, he was, you know, the guy that they thought would do it. Seven years there, he had two winning seasons, just didn't do enough uh, for them to make a long-term commitment to him. Mike Hastings said, you know, it became obvious he was going to be the next Badgers coach, and one of the first call- phone calls he got was from Don Granato, head coach of the Buffalo Sabres, who's Tony's brother, yeah. who said, wishing you all the best. Welcome to the Badger family. It just shows what a strong alumni base there is with that program. And 
this is the question that, that I get almost immediately. You look at what Minnesota State Mankato has done over the last 10, 11 years under Mike Hastings. Never had a losing season. Gotten to the Frozen Four. Gotten within 20 minutes of a national championship last season. I think second most wins in what, the last six years or yep. something behind yep. Quinnipiac. So, and yeah. one of the ways they've done that is to go after the older player. The guy who comes out of uh, junior hockey with two or three years experience. The guy who's a 21-year-old freshman and a 24, 25-year-old senior. They've gotten some crap for that. Let's be honest. Yeah. You know, some people don't like that part of the game. This is what I wonder about how Wisconsin either changes or does not change. Do they do they, you know, stop recruiting the older player and now start going after the US national team guy that may, you know, look at a Big Ten program where they maybe wouldn't look at a Minnesota State coming right out of high school, right out of uh, a junior right. program. So that'll be my question about kind of the direction of, of Badger hockey. And let's face it. In the era of the transfer portal, all bets are off. You no know, sev several players from MSU Mankato have put their names in the transfer portal. You wonder if they're saying, "Hey, coach, bring me to Wisconsin with you. Let's do some some things there." You know, it looks like he's going to bring his assistant coach Todd Cannot over to, to Madison with him. So, interesting times definitely for the uh, the old Cardinal and Red over yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. And then you think about it. Um, if let, let's say they they do start angling, so we're just going to go after some blue chip guys because look, that's a nice campus. I mean, it's a good tradition, Absolutely. all that stuff. They can start getting those guys. Does does Mike Hastings have to change stylistically how he's coached hockey now because it might be a different group of athletes? <laughs> and uh, you know, I made this comparison too. Uh, here's a guy who's 58 years old. He's from a small town in Minnesota, Crookston, right? He, yep, he yeah. was at a state school. Uh, he was making you know 300 thousand or something good like dough. that. Good go. Yep, yep. And all of a sudden, at 58, he goes from a state school to a Big Ten school. He doubles his salary. Does this sound familiar at all? Yeah, there's sound, somebody sound, else. Sound like somebody who did, did this five years ago. Thursday, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, a lot of parallels yeah. there. And you know, Mike they're Hastings, good buddies, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, they played together at St. Cloud State. They they know each other well. Um, you know, both both of them have been through some family challenges. You know, obviously the the tragedy in the Motzko family, and and Mike Hastings' wife has battled cancer and some things like that. So, um, you know, there's just such a coaching fraternity. These these guys want to beat each other so bad when they're on. Opposite benches, and then the game's over, and they, there's a hug, and you know they're calling each other, saying, you know, how are your kids doing, stuff like that. I mean, it, it is really kind of a neat coaching fraternity. Yeah, and um, and and how scared should Gopher fans be now with Mike Hastings in Madison? I don't know if scared is the right word. I mean, you know, uh, keep in mind. Mike Hastings is five and one against Bob Motzko in the last you know five years or something like that. So that was one of the jokes Brian Posick, the Badgers radio guy, said. He said, "I know you're friends with Mike uh, with Bob Motzko." He said this to Hastings. He said, "You realize part of your job is to beat him." And 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 Hastings says, "Well, we've beat him a few times, but we need to do it some more." Yeah. So uh, hey, well, I, I just think it's great for the rivalry and it's great for college hockey. It's going to be one of the you know it's already a great rivalry, but it, it's always better. Uh, and as we've seen in football in recent years, when both teams are good, you know, no question. All right. That was, Hey, that was one thing that was said when when Bob Motzko came on board here is that it's good for college hockey to have Minnesota be good. It's good for college hockey to have Wisconsin be good. Yeah. Who's going to finish sixth and seventh in the Big Ten? That's that's the crazy thing, right? You think about all those good programs. All right, uh, give us the webpage again. TheRinkLive.com. TheRinkLive.com. Yeah, lots Very of good. content there. Mick Hatton and I are here in Tampa, and uh, we'll be doing some fun stuff. And what's your Twitter? I'm at... Jess R. Myers. Jess R. Myers, very good. Thanks There's a woman in Toronto named Jess Myers who won't give up at Jess Myers, so, you, so I have to put the middle you put the in there, R in that's there. okay. Yeah, you put the R in <laughs> Jess Myers. All right. Always appreciate it. Great insight. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. There he is, Jess Myers. We're at the Frozen Four in Tampa. It's episode 65. My thanks to Jess Myers from The Rink Live and Wally Shaver from Gopher Radio, both who joined me in Tampa today.
The Go Gopher Podcast Episode 65 is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. We're also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, a locally member-owned full-service financial invested in you. You can learn more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. They have a top-ranked mobile app as well, so check that out. We're also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to go back to listen to past podcasts, and please be sure to click the subscribe button right now of the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to subscribe and free to listen at any time. And please share the link with others so they can hear as well. From the Frozen Four in Tampa, this has been the Go Gopher podcast, episode 65.